Okay, great. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> you gonna give a countdown or something? Three, two, one. Okay, okay. great. That wasn't the voice I wanted to do. Okay, okay great. great. The sun is going down and I open up my eyes. I drop my first breath to remind me I'm alive. Faces Mac, we're looking jack, ready to hit the floor. And we're so fucking cool that they won't stop us at the door. See you walking by with a casual glance. Say, look, I don't know what you came here for, bitch. We just kicked the down. I'm doing good. I'm good. trying to conserve my voice. So I thought, why not do an hour and a half podcast with you? Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Oh, yeah, you're performing tomorrow. My right? show tomorrow. That's uh, exciting. Well, I guess when everyone listens, it will have been the Saturday before you're listening. So like three days ago. Yeah, it's already here. So you're prepared. Uh, do you feel good? I do. I feel very excited. Um, as I've said before, I used to get like so, so, so nervous for live shows. Like, traumatized nervous yeah and just like like it just sounded like hell to do a show but this time i just literally spent like months rehearsing i'm sure i'm still gonna mess up and miss words and miss notes but, but who cares i'm not gonna think about it in a bad way i'm just no. gonna like have fun with it instead of feeling like i have to be perfect everyone screws up and remember even people like kelly clarkson have prompters with all of their lyrics when they're performing because they forgot oh, i didn't them. know that i didn't know yeah. people use prompters that yeah. makes a lot of sense and when i was at jingle ball um a few years ago kelly clarkson and i forget who like fifth harmony a bunch of people all mm. had the prompter there with their lyrics literally going down was that for christmas songs or their own songs no their own songs because oh, of course like, they perform their own so Bring it's just a it. collection of like different hot performers at of yeah. the time and they all sort of like do a concert I just didn't together know they did, it's like, really good bang for too. your buck because you get to see like 20 a little different bit of top tier acts and yeah. it's like the best yeah. of their songs i guess the um, only thing you miss is like the like full production value of each person but i think the other thing that's probably been beneficial for you is that you've actually gone to rehearsals multiple times too so you feel oh, better because you've been in this space you've done that's sort also of like the true. navigating of it oh, all and that helps yeah. like yeah. when i rehearsed with bentley because we have a song that we're doing together that you either saw or you missed okay mm. um and uh yeah the first time i went to rehearsal is honestly what i think made me feel like really comfortable just like yeah it's in my hand I'm also getting praise. <laughs> and <laughs> then when I went yesterday, it is important. By the way. Well, especially daily. If, if I'm scared, I don't really need praise often, honestly. Uh -huh. But if I'm nervous about something, I need a lot of reassurance, yeah, like a ton of right. reassurance, like an annoying amount of reassurance. Like every 10 seconds, I need you to be like, or just the whole time. Like everyone, if you came to the show, I'm just going to ask everyone at the show to just hold thumbs up the whole time. At all times. And smile That's a good for idea. Yes. If I can sing for 30 minutes, you can smile at me for 30 minutes, right? 
There you go. I'm sure they um, will be, or they had been, because again, <laughs> we're speaking in the future, but also the past. In the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. What have you been up to? Yeah. What? Well, you know, it's been a really busy week. I'm kind of just swamped with work. Um, yeah, I've heard. I've been working into the late night hours and uh, take on. I've taken on way more than I can handle, but I have a problem with saying no to money. So I yeah. tend to just like overload you my schedule. You should schedules. say no, at least a little bit. I can't. It's like ingrained in me to continue taking on everything and just doing it, doing it, doing it. There's a whole strategy and method to my madness. Let's just say that okay. when I look at my bank account these days, I've been happy. You're so, at least happy with that. Yes. That's what I was it's, saying. Like It's like, at least you can take solace. But the problem is, it's like, I would like to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor, but also, um, you know, that'll come. That'll come in time. So yeah, that's I mean, the more you have, the more breaks you can take too. True. And the more things I can do COVID yeah. pending. Um, but I have been just doing that and uh, trying to do social activities every once in a while. Yes. Um, I've noticed that. Yeah. I'm hoping to do some this weekend Oh, uh, in New York. No, not New York. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, I was dying to surprise you, but I can't, yeah, I Corey can't. was dying to surprise me. I was going to go to New York and just like not show just up. Me, but- I was going to show up in the concert venue, like just after you had started your song and then just like kind of come up to the front of the stage. And then also that's kind of inconsiderate because I would be distracting you completely from your show. It's fine. I'll just pause the music and just take a moment. (laughs) It would also be all about me. Um, because oh, that's there, fine. it's only Zach it's is going to be it's there. Press. It's a stunt. And it's I feel like that's a selfish tactic as well. So no, um, I wouldn't say that. I don't know. And also then I was like, well, you know, if I was to come and surprise you, then like the next few days, because I wouldn't just come for a day, right. I don't know what you have planned. So I, then like, what do I do? And it was a whole thing. So well, it just, I'll actually be doing work for you. <laughs> yeah. So, so it we just, won't be able to hang out. It isn't in the it's it isn't in the cards but the tarot card soon soon i will be back and that's a threat um and i'll be there yeah guess what what it's time for our okay greats good yeah i'm gonna start this week because you always start um so i have this friend andrew remember yeah continue i have this friend andrew that's so not true well maybe in some scenarios you are um I have this friend, Andrew, the third time's the charm <laughs> that I've known for 20 years. And we go on walks together. What are you laughing about? I just spilled water because I laughed a little, but then I spilled water and laughed harder. Oh, got it, third got time's it, got the it. charm. I don't know. It was funny. I have this friend, Andrew. <laughs> okay. Now I'm cracking up. I keep trying to drink water and it just makes it worse. Go ahead. Uh, I will just who I've known dry for 20 years and we go on walks What's his times name? a week. His name's Andrew. He's he's not one of these Andrews that goes by Drew Andrew or Andy. Okay, not even an Andy. He's he's a very formal man. Not really, but kind of. He's a Scorpio, so uh, there's some tricks up his sleeve. But I, because I've known him and so down long, his pants. yes, um, I wouldn't know what's down his pants. He's one of the few friends that I've not slept with. Um, <laughs> so. We go on walks a few times a week. We have really deep conversations. It's kind of therapy because, um, you know, he calls me out on my shit because he's known me so long and gives me advice and vice versa. Um, 
and he appreciates my bluntness and my flair for life. Uh, But besides that, that's not the point. Um, We often stop at a Starbucks on the walk to like at the beginning of the walk. And there's a certain Starbucks location that will grab everything. Um, And every time we go in, Andrew always has this complex Starbucks order. That's like Mm. this lemonade tea, but half the sweetener and uh, double grande venti mocha latte this for that. And (sighs) yeah. So it's always a little irritating for me, but I've, I've, I have vocalized it to him that it just kind of like drives me nuts. I just that he stand away things. and be like, I don't know her. <laughs> the thing is, I always order a grande pike with one stevia. The reasoning mm-hmm. that I order the grande pike with one stevia is all the person needs to do is go to the coffee dispenser, pour it and put a stevia in. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, exactly. it was even a faster process because the stevia you could grab, but because of COVID, they don't, you have to order it now mm-hmm. in your coffee. Mm-hmm. We always end up waiting about five to six minutes in the Starbucks <laughs> with drink. our masks for his drink. Mm-hmm. Here's where I really get a pin in my bonnet, if that's a saying. Pin it up, <laughs> nanny. When that is done and we go together, we're waiting and my drink does not come out first ever. What? It's always his drink that comes first. Oh, and cause then, they wait for them to come together. And then I have to remind the people at the counter. Oh, Hey, I ordered a pike. And then they're like, Oh yeah. And they go to the coffee thing and make it for me. So we're there another two minutes. So in total, we're there seven minutes waiting for not only Andrew's obnoxious drink, but also them to correct their error and not making mine. And by the way, why not just what? fucking hand that coffee to me immediately I when like I that's order what it? they do here. Maybe it's a Canada thing. It's so annoying because the other thing too is I am the type of person where if Andrew orders that drink, I'm okay to take my drink and stand outside and wait for oh, him yeah. there. I don't have like it's you made your decisions. You can live in that mess. And also, right. I just don't love standing in a coffee shop in the middle of COVID. It's not my favorite right. thing to do, particularly <laughs> because downtown Starbucks are like basically visiting Traffic. Coachella. So yeah. it's really not easy to navigate. So that's irritating. And Andrew, I know you sporadically listen to this. Ooh, Stop ordering the fucking. Stop it, complex Andrew. drink, Andrew. You don't need the lemonade. <laughs> Get a coffee like a normal person. And that is my okay grade of the week. Thank you so much. Woo! Drop that mic and sip that coffee. I will. Um, I yeah, I don't really drink coffee. So, but like when Kevin goes, he just gets like the most simple thing. Too. That's what I do too. So yeah, I never have you have to. to. It's exactly. like thirty seconds. Well, Kevin's um, he's sensible. like, can I have coffee? And they're yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and it's. Done. I don't know why you need to get all of these. Like, I, mean, I don't blame the person. Things. If you know what you like, you know so what you expensive, like. But I'm embarrassed. Yeah, and it and does it's get all, expensive. It's like I'm not going to pay six dollars for a coffee. You know, like three dollars right. is already a stretch for me because I know it costs you a dollar to make it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the bean water. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I feel you. I. I also. Um, I took a. Okay, so I guess this can be kind of my okay grade, even though it'll be really quick. Um, but I went to the doctor because I had de- developed migraines from stress the last oh, few weeks with all the house stuff. Yeah. Although I think everything's good now. Like we haven't had any like scary updates this week. So that's good. But I developed migraines from the stress 
and have been having them like every day, although they've been like usually really mild. Um, but I don't, did I talk about this on the podcast? Like nope. the day when, okay. So the day before bloodshot came out, I was working on the lyric video. Cause last minute I was like, okay, let me just make, put a little thing together, a little visual thing. Cause like, I just feel like that makes people more likely to listen, even if it's not official anyway, who cares? But I was working on it and I was working on it, you know, the whole morning, like three or four hours or something. And I was almost done. And then all of a sudden I was like, I can't really see out of my right eye anymore. So I was like, let me take a little break. And I went to the bed and I just like sat on the bed for a little bit and I was still kind of like blinking. And it's like, if you look at the sun too long and you see kind of like, like a darkness or a spot, you see a floater. Yeah. I was Uh spotting from my eye. Um, and I was like blood spot for the blood shot. I was like, Oh my God. And then I was like, okay, well it'll go away in a little bit. And after like 15 minutes, it hadn't gotten better. And I started really freaking out. Cause I would like move my, I would like put my hands in front of my eyes like yeah. at a certain angle or whatever. And I'm like, okay, my left eye can see everything, but my right eye can't see like an inch of my Holy finger. Holy shit. Um, and I didn't know anything about like migraines and like things like that. Like, no, what, I don't either. What their like symptoms or I don't know the words right now, but you know, what are signs of a migraine? I yeah. guess. Um, so I was like, am I going blind? Let me just like take a, cause also mama got mama, mama's on the road to get glaucoma later in life. So I'm like, is she hitting me? Even though I just went to the eye doctor and everything was fine. Um, so I was like, let me just take a nap and see what happens. So I take a nap and I wake up and I'm like, I still can't see. Uh, this is terrifying. And then uh, like a minute later, I've realized my right arm starts to go numb. And I'm like, am I having a stroke? No, like, that's what's... the left arm. That's the left arm. Okay, great. Good to know. Yeah, just in case you're wondering. Um, that's Very hyper aware of that. That's, you're like, oh no, you're fine, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the left yeah. arm. You're totally healthy when you're going mm-hmm. blind and your right arm, you can't feel anything. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I just had a feeling the right arm would like go back to normal. I was like, maybe I just really slept on it weird. And it did go away. And then I started to feel like migraine pains and like nausea. And I was like, okay, maybe it's a migraine. Anyway, I went to the doctor and like got pills that I thought were going to be like for migraines. Girl, all he prescribed me was extra strong ibuprofen. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, with, does this even with work? With codeine in it, or no? No, oh. not even extra strong. Just like larger milligram than usual. <sighs> what a shame! And and Pepsid. Apparently, AC? I'm supposed to take them together, and that's supposed to help my migraine. Isn't the Pepsid for your stomach? Yeah, I think it could be for like the nausea side of it. Oh, okay, but, gotcha. Um, like I how don't much know. does a doctor's appointment? Oh no, you get the coverage, right? I get it for free. Yeah. I think that's also why I got the extra shitty medication, right? Because uh, the original thing he uh, prescribed to me was not covered by my insurance. I but was going to ask. Popping these so ibuprofen. Does this does this stuff get working. covered by medical? Yeah, yeah okay, literally okay. everything is covered, like a hundred percent. My vision, that's great. Dental. Oh, jealous. Everything. The you only think- thing not covered is contacts. But. You think that because I'm Canadian that all of my expenses are covered. I'm here to tell you, my teeth are not covered, my eyes are not covered, and my prescriptions are not covered. My whole... Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you took less clients on... Oh, God. You could have 
free healthcare, just like me. But now I know I, well, yeah, right. No, I don't know that I could because we have something called OHIP, but it's interesting that you discuss like your eyes because lately, like the past week or so, my eye has been twitching this one, my right one. Oh, that's a sleep and stress thing. I get that a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I had a doctor's appointment, but we here are not going to the doctor. We actually have phone doctor uh, Mm. consults now. And then will go in if they need a follow-up. So she yeah. just said, start sleeping more. Yeah. Easier said than done. Right. Which, uh, <laughs> I can't and, calm down. Yeah. And then um, I, I am going to go in in October because I also haven't had a physical in a while and I need Me some either. sexual attention. <laughs> then I bled, I bled all over the doctor's office and I was like, wow, I'm really in my bloodshot era because I... Um, yeah, they wanted to just do blood work just because I hadn't done it in a, in a yeah, while. That's what I'm and into. I the nurse or tech or whatever the, her official title was, whoever was drawing my blood, I think they didn't do it right, or the phlebotomist. Um phlebotomist. Yeah. I've never heard that term before, but it sounds that's, is that like when you can flip or be a bottom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very bottom, phlebotomist. Um no, it's like the official like blood drawing title i think but um yeah she like didn't do it right so i was like internal like you can't really see i don't think but there's like i can see yeah it looks like yeah someone did something wrong yeah they put the band-aid on and i had to go give a urine sample so i went to the bathroom went to pee in a cup and i'm like washing my hands and like about to go back to the room and i noticed that my whole arm is just bloody 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 because it's just so they hit a vein wrong i guess i think they hit a vein wrong yeah and i went back and i was speaking spanish with them um and they were just like ay dios mio oh my god oh my god are you okay oh my god come here and they're like sit down sit the day and like oh my god let me clean you up and like all this stuff like we're going back between spanish and english i mean i was laughing i was like don't feel bad it's okay it's okay i don't blame you um so we're all just like oh my god and then we were like wiping it and then I realized all of a sudden it was still bleeding. Like we did a new thing. Jesus. Well, I thought it was still bleeding. But then when I left, I realized that I had bled so much that I got it like all over my shirt. So then uh, I just kept like touching my arm to my shirt. And we were like, it. what? what's going on? How come I'm bleeding? But there's no blood coming out. So you're like um, getting on the subway looking like a fugitive. I had a little blood on me on the subway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I was trying to hide it. Um, cause I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want people to be Harrison scared. Harrison Ford of... could never, um, that <laughs> I was really may not that. hit anyone who's I, under it 30. It didn't hit me. Yeah. But it's a great movie. Indiana it's Jones? called The Fugitive and it's uh, oh. a movie that Harrison Ford is wrong, wrongfully convicted for killing his wife. Oh. And, uh, there, okay. he's on, he escapes from jail and is on the search for the one-armed man. It's one of the best movies you'll ever see. So I love that. There's okay. a little recommendation. We'll have to do a movie night with it. Um, another couple quick shout outs. I got to meet Pinky and Clementine this week, which yes. is really fun. And She's I'm another... so jealous. You've been living the life I want to live. Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really jealous. And it makes also, me Eddie think the kid like, is here what for am the I show? doing in Toronto? But anyway, Eddie the kid is there now? Mm-hmm. Yes, if so I want he... to hang out, but I don't have time today. Well, oh, like, shit. Our schedules don't match. Yeah. Oh, uh, but he'll be at your show tomorrow then. Obviously. He'll be at the show. Uh-huh. And um, I went to a show on, if y'all are listening, this was last Thursday, a few days ago. And I got to see Moist Breezy and Peter Nibs. Oh, that was really bad. Peter Nibs. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, Peter. Peter. I'm sorry, Peter. 
I'm not even going to attempt it Peter because nibs. I my, um, I get stuck on like words all the time. So it's just yeah. hard for <laughs> and me. And Vardon and J-Line. Anyway, I, I went to a great show. It was so much fun. So that's that's my good. Okay, great. Even though I didn't really have a bad one anyway. Period. Mm-hmm. And you know who else is queer? You. Us. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was an all queer show yesterday. So what are we talking about today, Corey? Well, we're talking about growing up gay lgbt lgbtqia plus 2s plus in a world that doesn't love us um yeah although i was talking with a straight yesterday who was also Uh very cute and lives in my neighborhood and is a music producer and a videographer and curious like i really scored (laughs) so hopefully i'll score again no i'm just kidding he's really nice if he listens i i'm i'm sorry you're joking you're uncomfortable (laughs) <laughs> um and this is why there's homophobes because we just push them too far. Yeah, we really no, do. Kidding. Um God, now I don't remember why I brought him up. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, oh, I was how having the conversation. World is an exception. I was coming, yeah, having a conversation with the straight guy yesterday. And we were talking about how it is great to see, like, as um basically just that more and more people are coming out as part of the queer community. And um, because it's getting more and more accepted, you know, I think a while back it used to be like people would say like 10 percent. Yeah. Think now it's closer to like 20 percent. And yeah. Like new surveys. One in seven men is gay. I know okay. that stat, but that was because I worked specifically gay or like yeah, gay. Mm. OK, yeah. See, that's already less than I mean, more than 10 percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what was the obviously. Well, not obviously, but I feel like for most queer people, you get clocked pretty early on. That's like mm-hmm. that bitch gay or something. <laughs> so when was the first time you remember someone else kind of like bringing up about that, bringing that up about you? I mean, I think ultimately it was. Like, was it family? Were you like? Mm-hmm. No, I would say that it was likely just, <laughs> yeah, my family. I, it was just in school, right? Like oh. in elementary school, but also oh, my friend Tara. Tara, if you listen to this podcast, Ooh. you know that I've told you every single day on Fridays, I am wor- I am recording the podcast from 12 to 1. And you always call it 1230. <laughs> we love consistency, though. Thanks, yeah. Tara. At least she calls. That's yeah, something. at least she calls. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe that's her way of getting out of the call. But she's maybe calling it and is. she knows you're busy. Listen. Don't make me feel insecure about my friendship. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I already have a hard enough time. I'm just kidding. Um, if she didn't want to call you, she would definitely not call you. It's true. Elementary school, <laughs> people would yell like queer fag, that sort of oh thing. Oh, my God. So I that think was the that's first probably, time. That, yeah, like definitely um, wow. where kids would start. And I didn't even really know I was gay, but I would get called it all the time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, particularly like the beginning of high school. Cause I didn't come out like fully until I was like 16. Um, oh, so it was older. It wasn't like you were in like first grade and people were like, look at that queer. No, but that was just more like fatty and Shamu at that oh, okay. time. So we graduated kind of to a different type of bullying. Um, but fun. yeah, I would say probably around that time. How about yourself? Um, uh, mine was the first thing I can think of is that the neighborhood kids, because I, for some reason, I always wanted to, I mean, not for some reason, because bitch is gay, queer, whatever. I say gay, but I'm not technically gay. Yeah, you're, Figure it you're out. open. Eat my shit. Yeah. Um, but it's just gay is the quickest, the easiest word. Yes. Um, well, I like queer, but anyway, gay is easier to say. 
That's why, this is why I don't like talking about this shit. It's so annoying. And say rhyme. Um, <laughs> so funny. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not mad at you. Um, uh, I'm not mad at you. Everyone say it together. Um, okay. But I don't think anyway. you're not. I don't think you're mad at me, by the way. I'm just like, now, oh. are you going to insert that? Speaking of gay, what's happening with what you had in your hands there? Is that, oh. what is that? This is my first gay experience. Oh, okay, perfect. It's a paddle later. Um, no, it's just like a hand resting for kids. Anyway, you your story, please. Um, so I grew up in a cul-de-sac with a lot of other kids, as y'all know. So that's how I learned about sex early and all this shit. And I just always wanted to paint my nails. I thought it was cute. I thought it was pretty. Um, and I think that paired with probably me being a little bit of a softer child um they didn't necessarily make fun of me for being gay but they were like i bet you you're gay bitch you're gonna grow up and be gay and i was like no i'm not and they're like yeah you're gonna be gay just watch and then everyone was shocked like when i this was when i was like a young kid you know like six seven whatever yeah and then everyone was shocked uh when i had my first girlfriend and for years and they were like oh my god i guess he wasn't gay how and old then were, I became, were you when you got your first girlfriend 17 oh wow you were not like you were older 17 okay I think, um, got it. and yeah and then we were together till i was like 21 um and uh or 22 i don't know who cares um but then after that i turned gay and everyone mm-hmm. was like we win, bitch. You owe us money. We made this bet back in 1998. Pay up. Those dollars have. Uh, so they were receptive to you being gay, though, right? Like, they- oh, I didn't even really know them anymore, but that was just the word through the grapevine. Got like, it. especially like my sister and one other friend. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think they were ever homophobic. I know definitely. I mean, I don't know. There's they might be like, I know one of them is like full on Republican now and like oh, campaigning for like office and stuff and is like very wild um and their family like tries to uh it's basically my best friend's sister which maybe i shouldn't dox but he probably doesn't listen so we're fine um but yeah he tries to reel her in but it's it's too late it's too late um and then the other ones were like very very religious so i have no idea they could go either way Hmm. but um yeah that but my parents were always very supportive and like i specifically remember my mom being like you know if you're gay, meanwhile, I'm like seven and I have no idea what she's talking about, but she's like, you know, if you ever end up liking boys instead of girls, that's okay. That's sweet of her. It is sweet. But I was always like, I don't know, for some reason it made me more uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm sure Maybe it just does. Because it's kind of like a when you're a kid, you're just like, can you just leave me alone? Yeah, well, remember that no matter <laughs> whether it's girl or boy or whatever, when someone brings up the conversation of like crush or sexual interest, it always makes you uncomfortable. But yeah, true. interestingly enough, one of um, my friends uh, from high school recently got in touch because her son is um, w- expressing themselves by dressing up uh, in traditionally uh, g- female gendered clothing uh-huh. and um, she's embracing it and like allowing him to be himself and allowing him to wear female clothes to school or what we consider female clothes. In right. Society. Um, and she called me just to kind of like find out if sh- what she's doing is mm-hmm. okay and appropriate or whatever. And of course I'm not like the be all end all person to consult <laughs> right. here, but um it, it was really great to see the progressiveness yeah, that's that. happening now, but also 
aggressive I, progressive. I mentioned to her that um, when you are talking with your son, make sure that uh, when you're discussing any kind of love interests or crushes or anything like that, not to gender it, like what girl are you interested in or that sort of thing? Because I can mm-hmm. remember that happening where you'd go yeah, to a family too. gathering and they'd be like, oh, you got a crush on any girls. And it's just like it almost prevents you from becoming who you're meant to be if you're yeah. constantly getting that thrown at you. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's a side. Agree. Mm-hmm. Did you have like I mentioned, like, you know, I was I liked to paint my nails and my mom actually was like, OK, we'll get you nail polish. Um, and I I didn't necessarily have girly toys, but like, you know, I'd play with my sister's Barbies here and there or, you know, obviously listen to like Britney Spears and Spice Girls and yeah. stuff. But did you have more stereotypically like did you like girly stuff, quote unquote, or like gay shit? Well, <laughs> especially as like a younger kid. Is what I'm yeah, picturing. yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I actually uncovered in our basement a suitcase full of my mom's old Barbies. Oh, and I used to play with them nonstop. I loved it so much. And then uh, my dad would always get visibly uncomfortable when I was playing with them. Uh-huh. And one day. My dad came into my room, took the suitcase of Barbies and said, you're no longer allowed to play with these anymore. Took them and put them in the, took them to the dump and <gasps> got rid of them completely. So I couldn't play with them anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. Have you ever talked to him about that? No, I, that's an uncomfortable conversation. I don't like mm, the, 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 it's that, too real. That's the other thing. Like, I don't really talk about my sexuality with my dad. My dad's met boyfriends mm. and stuff and he's like per- perfectly normal now, but we definitely had a period where it was tough. Mm. Um, beyond that, I mean, like, as a kid, my entire room and thinking back, I don't know how I got away with this because my mom is such a clean freak. My entire room was covered in posters and like you <laughs> couldn't even see the paint because there were posters <laughs> oh literally everywhere. Was. <laughs> and I had Bette Midler posters. Uh, I know a, like maybe a 12 year old with Bette Midler posters everywhere. You kind of get an inkling of what's going on. Share posters everywhere. Spice Girl posters everywhere. And then at the time it was like Sarah Michelle Geller and Nev Campbell and like okay. a few other like kids like that or celebrities like that. But ultimately the only other toys were like Ghostbusters was a really big thing. So that was pretty mask. So yeah. I felt like you get away with that. Um, yeah, that the Barbies thing kind of put a kibosh on any other female centric mm, toys or traditional yeah. female centric toys. And you had a brother. I had a brother later also. My brother was the one who really got into the cars and all of that. And mm-hmm. uh, actually when we have him on the podcast, there is a fun story that he will be sharing about oh. a particular car um, that he had that got us both in a little bit of trouble. So look forward oh, to that. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Okay, great. Um, yeah, when you said the Barbie thing, it made me think of like, also, I was like, maybe I also liked more like boyish things because my mom was kind of a tomboy. So like, instead mm. of finding Barbies, I found like a crate of like comics and like things like that so um yeah and my sister i mean she definitely played with like Polly pocket and like things like that but i don't know i i guess i i just my best friend was like a boy too so i don't know i I also read a lot as a kid too like i would read a book a week type thing that's that's queer allegedly i think so um and i'd go to the lot the other thing too i think is going to the library like every week oh and that was get, that big shit yeah. i love to go into the library i would spend hours just going there and looking through things and picking up things some books you'd take home and never read some books you would 
it was so much fun. I feel like the library was our uh, internet before internet in yeah, a way. I miss the library. I honestly. do too. I do like, too. I mean, I know they still exist um, in New York. But it's I don't not know, as for some fun. reason I feel weird going. And yeah, it's not as fun to just like go and peruse. And No, I, I almost want to go to the, what's the big <coughs> library that the Sex and the City movie filmed at in New York? I don't know. The main There's big like one. This one main bi- I kind of want to go to that. Was it near Brian Park? Yeah, I we were know right that. next to it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's the one you're thinking of, but it's like a big ass one in Manhattan. Yeah. Because I know that in there they have, <laughs> this is so nerdy. They have archival footage of Phantom of the Opera first performance ever. Oh, <laughs> and I that's really cool. want, I want to go and like, because they have screening rooms where you can go and watch the clips uh-huh. and stuff. So Maybe some popcorn and a dildo. Uh, exactly. Uh, with a phantom mask on the top of the dildo to add for pleasure. Um, I would love to do that sometime. And I, uh, that's okay. just, it occurred to me that uh, I remembered that or I forgot all about it, but that's what I want to do. That's cute. I love that. And I guess that kind of relates to media. Like what was your first exposure to like LGBTQ people in life or in media? Like, was it a neighbor, something you saw online? Um. I think probably like the first like understanding queer everything was queer as folk, Hmm. you know, that show, the American version, uh, which it showed on Showtime and like probably when I was 14, it started something like that. And um, it was one of those things where it felt like an escape into the LGBTQ world. Now, I'm Mm. sure if you look back on that show, there's a lot of problematic things. And there were at the time, too. I can remember really romanticizing the main character, Brian, who was like this cold ad executive. And I can't help but think that maybe there was a part of him that I started emulating at a certain part in my (laughs) early years because... Uh, that's what you sort of expected to be like or, if, yeah. yeah exactly right i think i've moved past that a little bit but um queer spoke for sure is probably the interesting what about I'm you actually not sure really i feel like it well i mean i guess there were things but i didn't know it like i didn't know that my sister was also queer or that my mom was also queer until later or that some of my cousins were also queer right <laughs> until like i was already out and an adult um So I feel like it might be something dumb like Will and Grace, but also I Mm. do specifically remember, honestly, at Blockbuster seeing like Queer as Folk. I never watched it, but like seeing the title and always just like looking at it like, Mm. I I just want to read it real quick. You've never watched the Queer as Folk series? No. Oh my God. Not a word. I think that's something I'm I'm sure, like I said, it's probably dated itself now. I have every single... Oh, well, maybe we'll have to watch it and do an episode. But uh, it's really, it was groundbreaking at the time. And there were a lot of different themes that were explored. And I mean, it did wonders also for stigma with HIV and AIDS, from what I recall. And I think Mm. that's really important. Um, But it's funny because before we were out or before I was out, I shouldn't say we, because I haven't explained who we is yet. Um, When I would come to Toronto and we would, I guess I just have to explain what this is. So I grew up with a guy named Will, um, Uh who's like one of my best friends, and he is also gay. We would come to Toronto and uh, walk the streets. And before we were out to each other, whenever we would see an effeminate boy or guy, we would always say, boy, and to each other. And then whenever we saw like a butch girl, we would say girl. <laughs> and like, we just, it's, 
<laughs> okay, <laughs> Am I, I going to get it. in trouble for this? I don't think so. It's fine. You were a kid. We were kids. And also we didn't know how to express to each other that we were queer yet. So uh-huh. us flagging that, I think, was a way for us to uh, sort of begin the conversation yeah Wait, oh, so what was what was that like because that is one of the things I wanted to talk about like what was your how did you two figure it out about each other that you're both gay well during the sexy old slut era we spent uh-huh. a lot of time uh hanging out at night specifically um and we would call them wakeovers that I'd mentioned as I'd mentioned and just after enough talking, things started to bubble to the surface. Mm. And I remember Will and I were going through a yearbook and he all of a sudden said, I think that guy's kind of good looking. And I was like, Ooh. oh, interesting. And then I sort of agreed. And then we kind of evolved the conversation and eventually we were by because um, mm. I think uh at that time, we weren't. That's a transition for a lot of people. Yeah, but it's important to recognize that bi is also a thing. Right. It can um, also be the the destination. Yeah. Uh, so we would sort of bubble around the topic. And then eventually, once it was uncovered that we were both bi, we went through our sexual experimentation phase together. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. I don't think. We had maybe a few months I would say probably six to eight months where we were fooling around a bunch. Um, oh, it resulted ever... in me falling in love, him, yeah. him uh, basically not being interested. And then <sighs> he just basically wanted to experiment. And then that resulted in me dropping like 60 pounds because I thought it was about my weight. Oh and my God. then <laughs> just lived my life. Uh, but I eventually got over it and dated a lot of other people. So it was fine. And that's good that you're still friends. Cause yeah. Oh my God. Be like, like the best of friends. Thing. And I think too, because it was the first person that I had like had any interaction with that was queer. Mm. Um, it becomes a thing where there's no other options. So you kind of think, Oh, this is right. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're young and you just don't really understand. So but yeah, we did have a period like we didn't fuck fuck, but like we we did pretty much everything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like stick a dildo with Phantom of the Opera mask on it. That's exactly <laughs> right. A glow in the dark one. Um, yeah, my first uh, I don't think I, I mean, there were definitely out people at my high school. I wasn't one of them. So, I mean, like I was friends with them, but, you know, there I wouldn't say like I had like a really close friendship, not because of any reason just because of how you know how we got along mm-hmm. um but then in college once i like officially came out to like people as by and stayed by um i uh one of my friends i did it in like a fraternity event um like not not like you know like a party not like hey everyone like it was <laughs> supposed to be like an party? intimate everyone was you know sharing vulnerable stories and yeah. stuff and um uh, it was like a very much a safe space thing and i came out and then one of my friends um who i ended up moving to new york with and living with and also touching his dick and sucking it a little <laughs> <laughs> um 
he like DM'd me or texted me, I guess, because I didn't have a smartphone then actually. Uh, he texted me. He was like, so you're bi? And I was like, um, well, I mean, I think so. Um, And he was like, me too. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I was still kind of like nervous of, like, yeah, of how people would perceive me. But also because like fraternities you think of as like super like straight mask, like yeah. whatever. But honestly, there were a lot of queer people and everyone was very supportive. Um, But yeah, there was that. And then kind of similarly, like with me and Johnny, once we started getting closer and then just started like fooling around, I was like, oh. Oh, fallen in love. Mm -hmm. And then we got together for a while and then broke up too. So that definitely, I'm curious if other people felt that, like if you had the chance to kind of like have that experimentation phase, if like everyone just kind of falls in love. I think you do. I think it's natural too, because I, it's hard to separate. I mean, I'm very skillful at separating sex and love now, Uh, but but, um, at the time, I think it was very tough to discern the difference. And um, I don't know if you remember when you first like had your first like intimate encounter with the guy. I can remember like shaking visibly because probably because it felt so wrong to be doing because you're coached for the first however many years of your life that it's girl boy. And yeah. then when like we touched or when we kissed, it was like this, like, ha, ha, ha. I, like I was tremoring the entire yeah. time. No, and I think I was too. Yeah. Like, I, it took me... a few times to get over that hump <laughs> because <laughs> it, it is very, it's very scary and intimidating. Yeah. I think yeah. same thing, like with me and Johnny, he was my first yay my first gay um but yeah the whole time i was like oh my god are we supposed to be doing that yeah is this okay and then when you get a penis in your mouth for the first time you're like oh my (laughs) god (laughs) yeah i was probably like chomping and chewing that shit yeah well of course everyone's a little toothy (laughs) takes a while to perfect Um, that skill when did you realize you were queer and like what that meant Cause like, you know, you were saying like other people were saying it to you, but you didn't fully know what it meant at first. Like, when did you kind of like realize like, okay, I'm queer. And this is what that means. I think, you know, I knew that I was queer pretty early, but I didn't exactly know what it means. Right. Like I would say that I likely knew what it meant and came to terms with everything around 16 years old. It took a Mm. while. Um, And then it finally sort of percolated. And then from there, percolated what a great choice of word yeah Uh, yeah and then from there you know coming out to people one by one and sort of figuring out i was dating a girl at 16 um Mm. and the way that i broke up with her is said listen i'm 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 not so much into girls as much as i am guys and uh that's Mm. why we may not work well together was she I, sad or was she kind of like, I mean, no, I'm sure she was, but thinking was back, like, I, like, I, you, I feel like that's a really awful way to break <laughs> up with someone. <laughs> so I do feel a little bad. She's obviously over it now and she's very happy with this daughter. And I still talk to her and a husband Cute. as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but that's, Worked that's, out for her. that's how that works. That's cute. Mm-hmm. For me, it was really confusing because you know, I was like, I did genuinely have crushes on girls. Like I didn't actually have crushes on guys growing up like at all, but you know, and in elementary school, I was not like, even remotely attracted. It was more in like middle school. And like, when we all started going through puberty, you know, yeah. we'd be in like the PE locker room and there was, you know, maybe someone who had 
definitely been growing and i'm not talking about dick definitely been oh, growing i'm like whoa no definitely been growing like faster than the other kids got it and you know well, generally had, like, the dick corresponds with that doesn't i it? mean that's true yeah but <laughs> i mean i wasn't from uh, my experiments that people I've were getting naked in the middle school locker room <laughs> got it uh, well we didn't have to thank god we didn't have oh to, like, we did shit. i can't we believe people did. had to the, you know sorry to side track no for problem. a second Go but ahead. In gym class, there were two change rooms for the guys, and all of the straights and jocks would all congregate in one, and Will and I would mm. be in the other one, and we'd change together in that one, and right. all Protect the each other. Stand watch. Well, because it was so, we were so afraid that if we were in the one with all of the straights, they would think that we were looking at them or coming on to them, mm. and we didn't want to have to deal with the whole, like discourse of having Bullshit. to feel that so we would always just segregate ourselves yeah um sorry i just remembered that now go ahead yeah no no problem but yeah that's when i noticed you know i was like oh he got some body hair like this is interesting he got a little <laughs> muscle okay want to get lost in that like, jungle book <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was a, an eighth grader i don't remember okay his name, but I'm, i do have a specific person in my mind and i was just like hmm okay, I'm very, very, very confused. Because, you know, I'd be like looking at him and then I'd be like, okay, but I'm in love with Roxana. I'm in love with Sophia. I'm in Roxana. love with the world. I'm in <laughs> love with whoever. Um, not in love, but, you know, like, but I wanted to get with them. Yes. And I did have sexual thoughts about those people too. You know, it wasn't in like- In grade just... eight, you were having sexual thoughts? Oh my God. Yeah, I started masturbating in like fourth or fifth grade. Oh, see, I, you know, what's funny. But I, I don't probably... know when I started watching gay porn. I don't think that I started having sexual thoughts until I was like 15 or 16. Although one guy made me masturbate at a sleepover way earlier than that. <laughs> like I went to a sleepover. Made you as in turned you on so much. No, that he's like, try. Was no, he was like, try this. And we were in his like um, tree house and he was like, here's how you do it. And he had Kleenex and uh, I did it and nothing came out. They came up. Yeah. Came up for him, but nothing came out for me. He's like, but you came, Kleenex. Right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. uh, no, that happened with me. And oh, I did was it? Very, I was so aware. Like I started coming before I could come. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I really started doing it probably like nine or 10. Um, hmm. and, Whoa, man. Um, would you ever use the Whirlpool jets? Because I would do that. I didn't. I mean, did I you take did swimming lessons just because I thought it was fun, but I didn't like I couldn't like. Oh, I'd it wasn't enough of a, a sensation with a good pool. <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't. Um, but I did used to masturbate really weird where I would just like rub my dick on my leg instead of or like just like put one finger on it, kind of like as if it were a clit and like just kind of just like hit the head digitally. Yeah. yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, it was funny because I was self-aware. So I was like. I was like, okay, I have to appreciate these times when like no semen comes out. Oh, so you this knew semen messy. was going to come. I don't yeah, even I know. know that I knew that in the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I know everything. <laughs> I knew everything. But I was a little bit of an early bloomer, even though I, I didn't get my growth spurt for a while. But like, I remember I had my first pube at nine. So it never wow. slowed down after that. Yeah, seriously. You really are an advanced learner. It went wild. Mm -hmm. um, but speaking of gay porn, did you ever like buy stuff or like... I mean, we kind of talked about this in our porn episode, but I remember uh, those trips when Will and I would come here to Toronto. There's a place called One Two Three Books that still mm. exists, mm -hmm. um, and we would go. There's like you know the place with the saloon doors where you just kick the saloon door open and you can go back go into the in. collection. And 
I bought VHSs that I could take home with me to enjoy. One in particular was the Hotel 2. Um, okay. Little did I know that everyone wore masks in this particular film. Oh. But it served as my material for a long time because, and it was like weird because it was the scenario was that the this gay couple was taken away to this hotel. And there was this like dominatrix mistress who would order people to have sex regularly in different rooms of the hotel. And uh, so there'd be different scenarios. And I stuffed that baby away underneath my entertainment unit in my room. And every once in a while, she'd come out and see. Well, she wouldn't see the sun because the curtains were drawn. But um, and she's going right on to the VCR. Yeah. With the volume on low, if you catch my drift. Um, that was probably the extent of the porn that I had when I was a kid until the Internet obviously became a place where I could go. Right. And we all know about Karen's tale of misfortune and shares tale of misfortune well karen got blamed oh for yeah, the yeah, share. yeah 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 what if, so did you buy Correct. porn when you were younger i or? never bought porn okay. because i don't think there was a place where i could have in the place where i grew up maybe i don't know but also i don't think i would have just because i don't think i would have really thought of it um but i also y'all we do have a kind of like i think a is, a, is it a porn or is it just a sex episode? I don't know. One of our first oh, episodes. I was like, we have a porn? Us, what? <laughs> yeah, um, we have a porn, don't we? Yeah. One of our first episodes goes into depth a lot about this if you want more salacious details. But um, yeah, no, I never. It's did. a grinder episode is what it is. A grinder yeah. and sex episode. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, I never really like bought gay porn. I think that was also like the internet was starting to become a thing more when I was coming of age. Um, but my dad did have, I think I mentioned before, like some Maxim magazines. So I used to like just read those. That's also probably how I learned a lot of stuff too. So I, I was learning about like Maxim. Actually, I was learning sex positions and all that and. I was like, okay, so this is how you ride the dick. Little <laughs> did I know I was going to be the one riding. Um, oh, my God. You know, it's funny. My dad had a VHS tucked up in his closet. I'm a, I'm a nosy oh yeah, I found person, some so I found, I found some. VHS. And I used to bring people over on lunch hour. Uh, no! And we'd all oh watch God. it together in my parents' bedroom because the TV. I didn't want to... Because you could look outside the window oh, to see if, and see if people are coming in the same place. So we would put it in the VCR and watch. And then the trick is you have to rewind it to the point that you oh, found true, it. where it was. Because if Which you, that's when you know where your dad left it off at. And well, that's yeah, terrifying. When did dad climax is right. what I, the age old question we all ask. Um, when did dad, dad climax? climax. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> So that it's like this board a, game. Don't wake daddy. Yeah. Or does daddy fit? <laughs> oh, woo! let's test it out. Um, did you ever talk? You did talk to Will before officially coming out, which is really cute. Did you ever take like tests to see if you were gay? Any of those things? I, I don't like even know by that time by that. Like literally you can just like, like if you Google right now, like am I gay test? Like gay that is quiz. not something that was available to me. Yeah. I figured that yeah. might've come out a little later. So that was my version of like, I didn't talk to anyone about being gay. Um, although I think like uh, I kind of like it had been hinted at, or maybe my mom at this point had uh, come out to me and just said, you know, Hey, just wanted to explain, you know, 
I, you know, fell in love with this friend who I've talked about before, like the psychologically abusive lady. Yeah. Um, she was like, I fell in love with her. That's, you know, a big reason of why we got divorced, me and your dad. And I kind of like both people. And I was like, and she was like really scared. And I'm like, mom, you, you gotta know that I'm something, even though yeah, I was exactly. at that time. Um, but anyway, be also because I was so confused about like, am I gay? Am I straight? Because I like girls, but I like guys. What's going on? I'm so confused. So I took like these gay tests and a lot of them, I remember it's so funny because like in the description, they'd be like, if you're taking this test, if you're, you're probably gay, <laughs> you're probably gay. You're True at least, enough. You're at least not straight. Yeah. Um, so, but whenever I did take the test, it was always like, honestly, who knows? You're probably gay, but never, none of them ever gave like an option of like, maybe you're actually bi. And, you know, like in mm. high school, it was a thing where, you know, most of the people that eventually came out as gay first came out as bi. And then came out as gay. Yeah, I think that's pretty um, common. Which, I mean, sometimes also it can be just an honest tra trans. Sometimes you don't know transition. that you're fully gay or you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think, you know, we all have different percentages. So, yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes it can just be, you know, sometimes you the percentage like changes the as you get and older too. percentage changes. Yeah. I've definitely been going back up a little to the straight shine. Oh, Ooh. my God. Like there was this. There was this girl when I went to Bentley's. Um. When I went to rehearse with Bentley yesterday, mm -hmm. or whenever that was when you're listening, she was so cute. She was so hot. She was so nice. She was so like, it was very much like the customer service effect where she was just like being nice and smiling at me. And, but also she was like helping us do like just a little mini bits of like stage blocking. And yeah. Like, things so you know she was like you need to like get up on bentley like this and like you know don't be shy to like grab him like this and she was like you know kind of pulling me and i was like she's so hot but i've like <laughs> it's funny because like as a ever since i've been more gay i'm like so shy around girls like there's so many girls that i like have crushes on still yeah that Corey knows that I will not be divulging. Well, oh, I was one. about to say it, but I no, won't. don't say it because no. it is a genuine crush. I, know, I, know, <laughs> I don't I want know, anyone to feel like, uncomfortable. I know. Um, but yeah, because it's so interesting, like as an adult, because and also after I broke up with Johnny, I did try to swipe on guys and girls, uh, or I should just say anyone of any gender. Um, and, but the only people who swiped back on me were guys. like cis guys. Yeah. Mm. So I'm like, I think I'm too like gay. Like they can sense the gay on me. And I'm just like, I don't know how to like be like a sexy guy for like a girl. Well, first you know of all, I mean. the sexiest type of person is one that's themselves. So that's, but I can't be one. myself. I'm too like shy. I'm too just like, like I get like really stiff and awkward. Also, like when I was doing body rolls with Bentley, we were smooth. We were sexy. Yeah. When I was doing body rolls with her. I looked like. <sighs> yeah. I get that way. Whenever I'm sexually charged with someone though, I always get a little awkward. That's but true. It could just be more of the crush in general. Mm -hmm. The thing that I would say though, is that it doesn't matter anyway, because you are with Kevin. So <laughs> Yeah, you know me. I love to yeah, look around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you peruse, you peruse. I like to peruse. But what was your coming out story then? Oh, okay. How We're did you drop here. it? How did you drop the full bomb? Well, to my parents, I'm assuming you mean. I guess, yeah. Because I did it individually with a lot of different That's people. That's true. You said, well, and I kind of mentioned coming out to my friends. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess like parents. But parents... Uh, one night, one day, uh, probably after dinner, my mom burst into my room and said, Corey, I know something's wrong. I know that you're going through something. 
And I want you to know that I know that you're gay. And I was she didn't like, even say just like, I want like, right. Tell me anytime. And I, I was you. like, she just like, you taken gay aback. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, how old were okay. you at this point? 16. Oh, okay. I was like, okay. Also like just said, the, abri- ru- the abruptness of her coming in and just saying <laughs> that. I, I'm sure she was like mustering up the courage. So right. like, she was like, okay, I just got to do it. Jump gonna do in. it. Going to do it. Going to do it. Then once we got That'd through be really that. That would interesting to hear her perspective. I have some things for you to oh. digest after this. Okay. After we kind of got through that and I admitted that, yes, her perceptions were correct. I said, please do not tell dad. I'm not mm-hmm. ready for that. Because I also knew my dad had some things he needed to work out in his own head mentally. And also like growing up and going to choir and him making fun of the choir conductor who was gay and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of that was like mm-hmm. in my head. And she was like, okay, I promise you, I won't tell your dad. Two days later, Corey, I've told your father. Oh my <laughs> and, God. And she, was, and she was like, you cannot keep secrets in a marriage. And I was like, well, isn't that interesting? Because if I look in your closet, I can find quite a few secrets that you've purchased at TJ Maxx. So interesting. And that's, and he got one. some secret videos. <laughs> yeah, too. exactly. Um, and then soon after that, she had her, I think it was her, or no, this was like in my twenties, she had her 50th birthday. And she said for my 50th birthday present, I didn't come out to my grandparents for a long time. She was like, I want you to come out to your grandparents because I think it'll make everything easier. And I was like, mom, I just don't want to do that. Like, I just, I don't know why I need to reveal my sexuality to my grandparents. What does it matter? Uh She's like, it's just uncomfortable for the whole family. If you don't come out to them. And I was like, Oh, I'm glad you're making this decision. Yeah. Great. So my mom ended up telling my grandparents without me being involved in the conversation. And we've never really had a conversation about it since, Mm, but my grandparents mm -hmm. have been around boyfriends and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's essentially it. One other funny thing is I came out to my brother in an interesting way because we were at Thanksgiving timely because Canadian Thanksgiving is next weekend. Oh, by Mm. the way, the photo shoot isn't happening now until Christmas. Um, Thank you. A little more time to rest. So Connor uh, and I were sitting at the kids table at Thanksgiving and my cousin started asking my brother about sex ed. And my brother was pretty young and they apparently had this thing called the care kit, which was talking about sexual education. And Connor was very uncomfortable with the whole thing. And she, my cousin started talking about like, oh, what do you had in the care kit? Have you ever touched anyone else's care kit? She was very inappropriate. And then eventually somehow down the line, it came up that Connor was made by accident. And oh. again, like I said, Connor was very young. Like I'm thinking eight or nine. What if we're seven years apart? So he would have been nine. Mm-hmm. And he found out he was an accident. Of course, he burst into tears and ran out of the house. And then I went to go chase after him and in order to distract him from uh, uh-huh. in order to distract him from, you know, that whole accident thing, I was like, hey, it could be worse. You could be gay like me. And then <laughs> it sort of like made him laugh and he got out of it. But that's how I came out to my brother. So <laughs> that's hella funny. Um, how did you come out to your really mom? Cute. Um, at a certain point when I felt that my relationship with my girlfriend was starting to fall out and I was like, 
I think I just like for a couple of years I had been, I mean, again, I was and am genuinely bisexual, mm -hmm. but it was one of those things where I was like, I don't think I can be with this girl for the rest of my life and like die without ever having experienced anything. The kyak. Yay. Yeah. Oh, what? The kyak. <laughs> oh, the kyak. Okay. <laughs> the kyak. Yeah. Bye. No, not the Bye. finger. Yes, the finger. Okay. <laughs> What's that from? Oh, I saw this porn once when I was a kid. And it's like, no, not the finger, not the finger. Oh, yes, the finger. <laughs> oh, my God. That's kind of iconic. I like yeah. It. Um, but yeah, so I, at a certain point, and I was just really, really, honestly, it was one of the most stressful times of my life because I was so in love with this girl. Um, but I, it just was starting to like fall apart and I was starting to get closer and closer with Johnny and starting to feel like, I wonder if anything's there. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, just spending more time with him and then she started getting jealous and I started feeling really bad. Like I was already like cheating and, oh God, it was just like a whole thing. It was really, really, really traumatic to, yeah feel like honestly i'm getting a little emotional thing about it like just to be so in love with someone and know that like it has to end and that's the worst I, feeling I in the it's world it's just terrible and especially because she did nothing wrong you know no, exactly and you just care like, about them but like you just yeah. can't let it continue i'm like yeah. well let me just get a little dick honestly there was one time where i was like i just because she didn't know i was by and she was very supportive she yeah. just wanted to make sure she was like you know fully gay though right like you are still fully, right you know attracted to me and i was like yes of course 100 percent um but you know yeah there were certain times where i was like well would you be okay with me just like trying something just to like you know get it out of my, not necessarily get it out of my system but to just experience it and then be like okay i don't need it because i don't need that in my life i can right. be happy with you it's just something did you, you ever know. consider what is it polygamy at the time or whatever what do you polyamory? call it yeah polyamory, polyamory. Yeah. yes sorry um i she wouldn't have been down she, she definitely wasn't yeah. down because even if i was just like true once she was like well what if you you know want to do it multiple times and then you leave me and i'm yeah. like well it's kind of a thing of you're damned if you do damned if you don't it really I'll either, is i'll either so leave tough. you because i can't not live, have this not part. having it yeah or i stay with you and then end up you know not wanting to whatever although who knows what would have happened i could have lived a very very interesting life um but anyway so well, at some point in there and again i think i already knew about my mom i think i knew about my sister at that point too because she had like dated a girl or two in like college and high school um even though she wasn't she never really came out or like said anything she was just like i'm just doing here it is girl. which i think is the ultimate definition of equality i think that we shouldn't have to come out anymore it should just no, be agree. it's so stupid right it's nice to celebrate ourselves, but I, coming out isn't always a celebration. It's rarely a celebration. It's usually riddled with anxiety and fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, even though I knew my mom was going to be supportive and my dad, I was still stressed. But yeah, I basically just one day was my mom, like, picked me up from college or something. And I was just like, mom, I'm going through it. And we just talked about it. And, you know, that's basically how I came out. And then I had the same conversation with my sister. I was like, I'm going through it. I didn't tell my dad till a little later. Just, I don't know why, like I knew he would be supportive. Um, but for some reason I just wasn't ready to tell him until I like moved to New York, like a year later. Oh, okay, and had well. already been like living with Johnny and been in a relationship with him for, you know, a while at that point too. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, so me and Michelle broke up. I, I mean, he knew me and Michelle had broken up. Obviously, because right? you moved away. I guess I shouldn't be saying her name, but it's oh, fine. I can um, leave it if you want. Me and my, no, nah, it's okay. 
um, that me and my first ex uh, broke up. But yeah, then once I moved, I was like, okay, so Johnny's my new boyfriend and we're together. And he was like, I already knew it anyway. Like, girl, like I could tell like the last time we saw your girlfriend that, you know, you didn't kiss her goodbye. You just gave her a little hug and things were a little awkward. Uh, and I was yeah. like taking notes. Um, so that was basically it. I just did one by one. I think the yeah. friend thing was more of like the, and then I don't know when I told like my best friend, cause we weren't like living in the same area, but, uh, yeah, it was a moment. Interesting. Um, and then I went to my first queer bar and that was also a moment. I went to, I think it was like in San Francisco, it was a, um, I forgot what it was called, but I think it specifically is more catered to like leather daddies or something, Sexy. which I had no idea. I was yeah. very overwhelmed. Just in did general. Did you get put in a harness the first time you were there? I didn't, but I definitely got cornered by a few guys wanting to talk to me because they Tag could smell the fresh, the fresh meat. The um, scent of urine. Yeah, I think I was... I can't remember if I was still in... No, I wasn't in college. I guess I had already been living in the San Francisco area. Maybe I had even hooked up with the guys, like other than Johnny at that point. But yeah, we went in there. It was, you know, someone was like trying to get my numbers and stuff. And I was like, I don't really know you. So it was a very boring experience, to be honest. And like, not uncomfortable, but not like, this was amazing. I was like, this was kind of weird. And I didn't Mm. like it. But also I found out I just didn't really like San Francisco queer bars. Right. We used to sneak or a away lot of to them. The bars. I found some good ones later, but go ahead. We used to sneak away to the bars at like 17. Uh, I also like befriended this one person who was going to school at the University of Toronto. And he actually would just let me come and stay at his dorm. Um, let me come. Yeah. For for periods of time. So that was really nice. <gasps> I forgot. So I, back to coming out for a sec, what my mom said, because I asked her today. Um, oh, yeah. What her what, why she did that. <laughs> and uh-huh. she, she was like the busting into the room for people who verbatim verbatim. She said, I could tell you had a load on your back. <laughs> That, I was just like, Mom, do you realize your choice of words right now? You had a load on your back. She's like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, never mind. Maybe this it's isn't something yeah, that you can compute. And then eventually she caught it. Um, but she just <laughs> said that she felt that uh, holding secrets was toxic for me and that I should be able to get it out and have it out in the open. And it's nice that she could make those decisions for me, but um, that was her. <laughs> in the reasoning. end, it worked out. In the end, it worked out. But yeah, that was her reasoning. For rip doing the bandaid. That. Yeah, um, that's exactly what she referred to. It's better to just rip the bandaid off and get it done with. And it mm-hmm. was the same for your grandparents because I didn't want them to die without them knowing that you were. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing I forgot, too, with coming out was like, yeah, I never really told anyone else in my extended family. I think my family just told them, but I didn't necessarily care. Um, But even like when I went home to California, not California. Well, yes, California. But then when I went to like see family in Washington for the first time again, like I knew they weren't going to like judge me, but it still was like a little like I was still kind of shy about it. Yeah. Talk about certain things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, until they like ask about the boyfriend, they're like, oh, what's your boyfriend do? Especially my grandpa, because he definitely, you know, he's a little older fashioned. He's fine with it now. He don't give a fuck. He's like, whatever makes these kids happy, I'm cool with. But definitely in his younger years, I don't think he would have been cool with it. Yeah. But anyway, I think time has a way of sort of making people. Yeah. People more break evolved. down. They're like, I don't I don't care. Life is short, even when it's long. Um, but yeah, when he was asking about Kevin, like whenever people who used to not be 
okay with things or like I have, you know, some friends who are part of like the church of Latter-day Saints, which, you know, is very anti-forward LGBT overall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and especially some of my friends who are always a little more like devout. Um, like it was actually very, it was a very kind of, I guess, healing experience the first time that they like genuinely asked like, Oh, how are you and your boyfriend? Cause you know, they kind of used to be the type of people who, not all of them, but some of them used to be the type of person who would be like, uh, you know, like, it's okay if you're gay, just not around me, you know, like, just mm. don't talk about it. Yeah, that's just tough. Don't, I don't want to hear about it. So then to have them like be the first person to like bring it up, I was like, okay, this is healing. I love that. Uh, but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Go back to first queer bar it, experience. Well, first of all, thank you for not using the term nature is healing because it pisses me the fuck off whenever someone says that oh, online. It's right? so overused. Nature no, is it healing. Was, it wasn't nature healing. Grow it was just up. me healing. Queer bars. Yeah, we used to sneak to queer bars. Uh, had a lot of fun. I have a very traumatizing story about me losing my virginity at, that involved a queer bar, um, but oh it, it requires trigger warnings. So maybe that's for another day. Um, yeah, we'll just do a trigger warnings episode. Yeah. Con content and trigger warning. It's a very scarring story. So, And yeah. it's also just a downer. So I'm not going to go into it today. Um, right. But yeah, I just kept going to queer bars up. Uh, and, you know, up until the pandemic still was, honey, but not, not anymore. That part of me is now debt. Yeah. It's probably good because I needed to grow out of going out to bars anyway. So, you know, I was just, yeah. my hand was forced. I'm not very interested in, I mean, if I have like a bunch of friends that wanted to go That's out, it what just it depends would be. on the friend, you know? That's what it too. would be. Yeah. Like it was always like, you know, on a Friday night, there was a martini lounge that we liked. It was all very civilized. Um, it wasn't like I was going to like oh, raves, but you know, uh, <laughs> there were, <laughs> but there were like nice places. God forbid. God forbid. No, uh, <laughs> I've not, I don't think I've ever been to, have you been to a rave before? I've no, never but it's not really my type of music. Me either. I hate that, like, ooh, ooh, boots and pants and boots and pants. It, yeah, it yeah. depends. Like, I'm sure I could find more, like, if it was less straight rave type of True. thing. Like, True. more, like, queer shit, I probably could have a good time. We call those a but, circuit party, by the way. Well, I don't even consider that necessarily. A, I mean, kind of, yeah. I'm think, picturing more underground, I guess. Just because circuit party to me still feels like- It's a like little it more mainstream like The gay. straight side of gay. Yeah, true <laughs> You know, like when I went, it's mostly like, there's definitely people of color there, but it was mostly like white muscle gays. And it's yeah, not white, right. like everyone's like a muscle gay, very, very mask. Yeah. Um. So to me, uh, yeah. And yeah, I, I would need a lot of drinks to have fun at those types of things. Hmm. Um. But yeah, at times you have to hide your sexuality after coming out. Girl, I still do every single week for like one reason or another. Me too, me too. I don't think it ever really stops. You're always sort of... I read somewhere the other day that um, queer people generally have to do a risk assessment oh, yeah. throughout their weeks, throughout their days, where they decide what part of me do I have to protect in order to not be traumatized, hurt, or affected in some way because... You mm -hmm. just never know how people are going to react. So, yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate, but you really do have to temper yourself in public yeah. in a lot of ways. And it's kind of awful. Yeah. But. Like, I would love to wear more like feminine clothing or gender nonconforming stuff, but I'm just too shy to like deal with anything like that. So thank you very much to all the trailblazers. Fuck the mask gays. Um, yeah. The people who are like really just pushing for bigger equality for all of us because 
um, yeah, I, I take a long time to come out of my shell. And I know a lot of people just don't even have the choice. They're like, well, I want to live as myself and that's going to get attention whether I like it or not, which is terrifying. And yeah, I couldn't do that. Well, I I would love to do that, but I, I am stuck in high school. I used to wear, um, female jeans, right? Like I wouldn't wear Mm. male because they were tighter. And, (laughs) um, the thing is they would often look very feminine mm, and I keep using mm-hmm. this term, but it's like, obviously I don't want to box right. in, this is in the context of, of, of what the society says yeah. or thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would wear them. And at the time, I think I was like a 27 inch waist. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I would wear them to school. And of course I would get chastised and Will would wear them too. Will did really oh. risky things in fashion though. When we were in school, like sometimes he would come with a tie wrapped around his head and just wear it all day. And it's like, what the fuck it is. I love that though. Yeah. So we would experiment and stuff. And of course that would beget certain bullying. Yeah. Experiment in a few different ways. Um, but there was a point where I experimented and I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'm okay with the way that I'm dressing now. Like I don't really have mm-hmm. a desire to dress in another way, but I totally respect um, and think that people should be able to do however they want to. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. happy dressing. I'll say I'm much happier. Like I didn't realize um, how much uh, I hated like, like specifically like, masculine like business clothing oh, until i didn't have to wear it anymore yeah like collared shirts no that's i um, can't yeah things like that button-up I, shirts are my enemy i fucking hate them they're awful and they do the peekaboo where you can see your skin awful <laughs> i don't mind a button-up but it has to be like cute it has uh, to be you know like like um like i don't want like a stiff collar like you know my little no. like snake skin looking thing or right like, right right I, you know no, something but like flowy something that chokes you almost you're like Ugh. no i yeah. hate it like i recently like got a shirt like that that was like it's a cute design i got it from the thrift store i'm like wait i'm never gonna wear this because it's i hate it i don't like looking i like do love that. wearing a tux from time to time um but that's just like for like i'm uh, down with a suit jacket w- when i would do um but, like let me wear a sparkly bra underneath when I would do galas and stuff for um, clients when we still had galas, um, I would always go out and get a new tux for every one of them because that was always fun. Like mm-hmm. they are obviously mm-hmm. were like they had a flair of gay and everything in all the tuxes. But when I say gay again in context, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I don't I don't wear a lot of um, restrictive stuff, mainly because I never need to. But and I feel you on that. Right. Yeah. No, like I, it hasn't even been till more recently where I'm just like, Oh, I'm never going to wear college shirts again for like, you don't need that to look death you know, to the collar. Death <laughs> to the collar. Cause like growing up in my first time going to like straight bars too, was like, you're always like, I'm like, I don't know yes. like, what is quote unquote fashion. Yeah. True. As just like a quote unquote man in general also like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would just, you know, go in like, a collared shirt and a tie and like yep. dress pants. Oh, and you I'm would like, wear a tie to a straight bar? That's not a bar, hilarious. but like a, like a club that you like pay to get in, you know? Really? Where like the girls are dressed up nice. Huh. Like not just like a That's casual That's very like, like prom bar. energy. <laughs> I mean, 
I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like other people were wearing that too, though. Really? So I was just very confused. Maybe and now that's I'm like, just like after my time. But I, when I would go to straight bars, I would generally just wear like a club Monaco collared short sleeve shirt that button. Oh, up. I don't know. It might and have even then, had to be like a long sleeve or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know. Like to be specific, like, like you know, specific style. This is a classy place. Classy. I mean, well, everyone looks ugly as fuck. Because yeah. they're dressed like whatever. Hooligans. Um, is yeah. there anywhere else we need to go today in terms of question? Yeah, we have one more. Oh, okay. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. Um, the last one is kind of like a beautiful wrap up in like, when did you start to feel confident in yourself and sexuality and like own it? I think likely late 20s for me was when I fully embodied mm-hmm. myself. And also when I started getting freaky with it. Uh <laughs> I think it took a few relationships to sort of get comfortable in myself and like mm-hmm. what I wanted and that sort of thing. Um, I didn't I mean, I like didn't, in being queer, not like sex sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't really start dating guys until I was 18 years old. Right. So I think that whole. I mean, that's probably early for compared to most people. You think so? Well, I think. Or at least. People start dating seriously anymore. in high school. I think. Yeah. And I wasn't dating seriously anyone until 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this whole period where you sort of get to experiment most of the time for kids in high school and find out what you're looking for and what you want in a person. And that started a little bit later. And then it took me a few toxic relationships and other things to sort of figure out who I was, what I wanted and uh, how to be confident with myself and in a relationship. So that sort of, that was the trajectory. And I think now I'm finally fully embodied and like don't have a problem with any of my queerness. And I've stopped with any sort of self-loathing that I used Mm. to do too, Mm -hmm. which I think is pretty common. Um, And also there's the judgments of other gay people and their level of gayness. And that makes Mm. people uncomfortable at times and makes you sometimes do toxic things and be awful to people who are within Mm -hmm. your community. Um, And I think, yeah, late twenties was when I started actually being like a good human being in terms of like that sort of stuff and um, understanding what about you? I think that's a good, that's a good point that I hadn't thought of too, is like, you know, I would say I was confident in myself probably like mid early twenties, honestly, like pretty soon after coming out, like I wasn't shy to like be gay in public or whatever. Um, But I think it wasn't until, yeah, I was probably like, 26 27 when i like started to really break down a lot of that like stigma against other people in the queer community and Mm -hmm. certain things where i'm like exactly um you know where i used to like judge people for like having like a quote-unquote gay voice yeah while like my voice is it's pretty gay. Um, it's it's definitely not straight. We'll say that. Um, it's definitely somewhere in the middle. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I I didn't necessarily mean to. Uh, you know, like the first couple guys I dated, and I'm sure a lot of the people, like most of the people I hooked up with, were like definitely more mask. Yep. Um, and I mean, honestly, I would say Kevin is pretty mask, but I remember when I was about to meet him for the first date, I was thinking to myself like, oh, I hope he doesn't have like a really gay voice because I'm going to like, that's going to be a turnoff for it's me. It's a thing. It's and a thing. Like people that were conditioned, right? When we're- yeah. And I had to really like 
think about that and be like, why, what does that have to do with anyone's exactly. value as a person, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like it really wasn't until like the last three, four years when I started to get over a lot of those like dumb things and just be like a completely like welcoming person to anyone and everyone. Um, and, uh, yeah. And also it's worked out great because, you know, if I was like, very, <laughs> it's worked out great very, for you. <laughs> if I was very specific about like, oh God, you know, he was great, but like his voice was too high. He was a little too boy. Boys. Boys. <laughs> it was a little too boy for me. Um, and then I would have missed out on the best relationship I've ever had. Exactly. So yeah. It's stuff like that. Also, though, I've told him that and he was like, wow, that hurts my feelings. You're rude as fuck for that. that well, at like, least you're on the it. high voice. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I guess. I, mean, I didn't tell him immediately, but I told him later. I was like, yeah, you know, like I wasn't sure about this and that. Um and, you know, it's, it is things like that where, uh, especially growing up when you're not surrounded by a lot of queer people, you don't realize like how fucked up you also, like your attitudes also are about yeah, there's a lot of other queer people done. or can be not mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so great. That's beautiful. Uh, my song selection this week. I'm into ready. Transitions. I don't know what it is. I... Did some looking. There were a lot of great releases this week, um, but I found one from our friend Billy Mick and Brandon Kills oh. called "We Just Came to Dance" and it's a vibe. It's very fun. Billy's. Did just, that just come out? Yeah, it just came out this week. I oh, believe. I think so. I didn't see it on my release radar. I gotta go back um, and look. But I love Billy. I think that Billy, as we've said directly to him, just has such a great energy to him mm. and. literally is like a rock star yeah and a lovely person i had actually not been familiar with brandon kills before kills before um so this is the first Mm. time hearing Mm -hmm. um brandon honestly they would be amazing together so i haven't listed the track yeah it's it's great it's fun it's one of those tracks that you want to get up and dance and i think it's also a departure a little bit for billy because it's more of a dancey pop song in a Mm. different way like it's got more of a club vibe to it Mm. so i thought Mm -hmm. that was really cool so let's take a listen now now Get frustrated and I turn to give a curse But then the teacher gets me going As I plays another verse Here we are now face to face And I am in trance Hey look I don't know what the game is for Bitch we just came to dance So yeah, I love it. Woo! I love Billy and uh, go check it out on Spotify. There's a link in our bio or in our bio, in our description yes, of this podcast. If you want to go listen to the full song. 
And um, also go watch the video on Patreon. I know I was late last week. As in, I'm late as in, it still isn't posted, is it? It still isn't posted. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the it will be posted today, as in Friday, because we filmed mm-hmm. these podcasts on Fridays. Um, damn, sorry, I'm just burping all over. But yes, go do that. Keep sharing it. Oh my God, so many of you shared Corey's like cheesy post about National Podcast Day, which we were so happy to see. Yes. Um, just the so, engagement in general. Don't stop. We love it. We're don't stop. As do it, it says it. in our podcast description, we are attention horse. Attention horse. So please continue engaging we love seeing your comments and your reactions and all of that and your okay great names which you didn't think was going to be a hit but so a lot of people, people have did. done it <laughs> i thought it was way too confusing guess what but, uh, people again, i guess people are suckers for those kinds of things the empire strikes back <laughs> so um, we'll have to do more of those weird things yes all right or maybe we'll, we'll break- have to do something new every week Break a leg I'm still tomorrow. Think about spit and swallow too. Okay, I, sorry. I have been thinking about that. Break a leg tomorrow. I know you're gonna do great. Um, Thank you. I lost my voice a little bit at the show yesterday. Just so start I'm doing. Like, do you I want me to, to send tonight? I can send you a vocal warm up uh, video if you want. Oh yeah, I've got. That I always up. use. Sure, send it to me. Okay. I hate warm ups, but I'm definitely doing them. It's good. It's really good. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. <laughs>